0: I want to say thank you to the gay agenda. Let's go, gay agenda! Nash had poked it free, and the Raiders are back in business. Just know that you are loved. Falwell started really seriously plotting to bring down Jim and Tammy because of my interview, I'm told. You know, it was not the only factor, but it was a historic moment in terms of the conservative Christian televangelistic movement.
1: Welcome to This Way Out, the international LGBTQ radio magazine. I'm Greg Gordon. Cuba's new family code includes a marriage proposal, COVID benches, Hong Kong's gay games, and Taiwan pride, and yesterday and today through the eyes of Tammy Faye. Those stories and more this week now that
2: you found This Way Out. I'm Sarah Montague. And I'm Winslow Jones. With News Wrap, summary of some of the news in or affecting LGBTQ communities around the world for the week ending September 18th, 2021. Cuba would finally open civil marriage to queer couples under its revised family code. A draft was released by the Justice Ministry this week. Tremendo Nota reports that the proposed Article 61 defines marriage as a union of two people with legal aptitude who voluntarily agreed to enter into it in order to build a life together based on affection and love. The draft must first be approved by the National Assembly, probably in December, according to the Associated Press. If it passes there, the proposed new family code will go before voters in a grassroots plebiscite. The changes in the family code also include adoption rights for same-gender couples. Yamila Gonzalez-Ferrer is vice president of Cuba's National Union of Jurists of Cuba. In her words, the draft protects all expressions of family diversity and the right of each person to establish a family in coherence with the constitutional principles of plurality, inclusion, and human dignity. Evangelical Christian groups prevented a marriage equality provision from being added to the new constitution. Cuban voters approved in February 2019. They're expected to oppose the new proposal as well. Curacao's court of
3: first instance ruled this week that preventing same-gender couples from legally marrying is a violation of Article 3 of the Constitution. This according to the Northeast Caribbean's Daily Herald newspaper. However, the court may have opened the door to a less-than-equality option. The ruling says there is no justification to deny same-sex couples the right to get married, certainly as long as there is no comparable legal system such as a registered partnership. The case was filed by the Human Rights Caribbean Foundation and a lesbian couple in a 10-year relationship. They challenged civil code provisions that only allow heterosexual couples to legally wed. Curaçao is located about 40 miles off the coast of Venezuela and is officially a constituent country of the Kingdom of the Netherlands. In 2001, the Netherlands itself was the first country on the planet to open civil marriage to same-gender couples.
2: COVID-19 has forced the postponement of the 2022 Gay Games in Hong Kong. Organizers announced on September 15th that the pandemic requires at least a one-year delay. Their statement said in part that this decision has been primarily made due to the unpredictable progression of COVID variants and the corresponding travel restrictions that continue to make it challenging for participants from around the world to make plans to travel to Hong Kong. COVID has also forced Taiwan's annual LGBTQ Pride Parade in Taipei to go virtual for the first time. More than 130,000 people celebrated last year when the contagion was more controlled. But as Taiwan News reports, as the nation is currently struggling to curb the spread of the Delta variant, organizers have decided it would be impossible to meet pandemic prevention standards this year. The Taiwan Rainbow Civil Action Association promises to build an interactive website to provide an immersive online parade experience in place of its annual event. Discussions of queer issues, celebrity shows and chats, and a hundred-vendor online market peddling pride-related merchandise will be included. Suspects
3: have finally been arrested for the April 2019 murder of Irish lesbian journalist Lira McKee. She was reporting on riots in the Northern Ireland city of Derry when she was shot in the head. The police service of Northern Ireland announced on September 15 that four men had been detained under provisions of the Terrorism Act following a two-year investigation. The BBC reports that they're all now behind bars in Belfast. They range in age from 19 to 33. The well-loved reporter had been named one of Forbes magazine's 30 Under 30 in Media for her impassioned dedication to investigative journalism. At 29, McKee had just announced plans to marry her longtime domestic partner, Sarah Canning.
2: The U.K. Court of Appeal has overturned a high court ruling that banned trans youth from being prescribed puberty blockers. The original decision found that people under 16 were not mature enough to give informed consent for the drugs to aid their gender transition. That's what the now 24-year-old plaintiff in the case had claimed. Kira Bell began taking puberty blockers when she was 16, but later detransitioned. On September 17th, the Court of Appeal decided that the High Court judges were treating all under-16-year-olds the same, and that informed consent does not just come on a trans person's 16th birthday. The London-based Havistock and Portman NSH Trust is the primary provider of gender-affirming care for young people in the UK. They had been forced to stop providing those services after the High Court ruling, so it was no surprise that a statement from them praised the Court of Appeal reversal. Kira Bell may not let the issue die, however. The Guardian reports that the plaintiff intends to appeal the ruling to the UK Supreme Court.
3: Rev. Megan Rohr made history this week when they were installed as the first transgender bishop of the Evangelical Lutheran Church in America. The ceremony was held at San Francisco's fabled Grace Cathedral, where they once served as a pastor. They were elected in May and will oversee almost 200 congregations in the Sierra Pacific Synod of Northern California and Northern Nevada during their six-year term. Rohrer is married and lives in the Bay Area with her wife and two children. They told Cosmopolitan magazine in 2018 that homophobia and transphobia are based on feelings, not logic. Their advice? The way to respond to that is by being our best self and by being louder than other people's fear. With 3.3 million members, the Evangelical Lutheran Church in America is one of the country's largest Christian denominations.
2: The National Football League's Washington football team also made a bit of history this week by hosting its first Pride Night. In addition to special sections at the FedEx field for Pride Night attendees to watch the September 16th game together, the team threw a pregame party offering beer, wine, and food to Pride Night fans. It was a nail-biter with the as then not offensive epithet free named washington football team defeating the New York Giants 30-29. Meanwhile, the NFL's first openly gay professional football player made an auspicious debut in his first regular season game. Las Vegas Raiders' defensive end, Carl Nassib, forced to fumble in overtime against the Baltimore Ravens that opened the door for the Raiders' offense. Here's the call on ESPN's Monday Night Football.
0: Third and seven. Jackson trying to get out. Can't do it. He's taken down and it's out. And the Raiders have recovered it. Carl Nassib had the hit on Jackson, who is down. Only now is Lamar picking himself up. Darius Phylon fell on the football. Nash poked it free, and the Raiders are back in business.
2: The Raiders went on to win the game 30-27.
3: Like Lil Nas X added a Video of the Year trophy to his growing collection at the MTV Video Music Awards on September 12th. He was not bashful about who to thank.
0: Let's go! wow oh my god okay first first i want to say i want to say thank you to the gay agenda let's go gay agenda thank you to every single person on my team i love you guys so much i do not take this for granted
2: Finally, drag diva RuPaul made his own history at the Creative Arts Emmy Awards on September 12th, with his sixth Outstanding Host for a Reality or Competition Program Emmy. RuPaul's Drag Race also won for Outstanding Competition Program. His total of ten trophies to date ties him with cinematographer Donald A. Morgan for the most Emmy wins by a person of color in the Television Academy's history. Executive producer RuPaul's thank you speech echoed a theme that's been consistent over his fabled career. A
4: special thank you to the viewer and a special note to the viewer. Kiddo, I know how you feel right now. Just know that you are loved and don't give up on love. Believe in love and the power of love, okay? Thank you so much.
0: Thank you. I love it.
2: (laughs) And in late breaking news, Gay Australian entomologist Brian Lassard has discovered a new species of soldier fly. Inspired by its resplendent rainbow colors, thorny belly, and long legs, Lassard has named the species Upaluma rupaul. That's NewsRap, Global Queer News with Attitude for the weekend of
3: September 18th, 2021. Follow the news in your area and around the world. An
2: informed community is a strong community. NewsRap is written by Greg Gordon. Edited by Lucia Chappell, produced by Brian De Chazor, and brought to you by you.
3: Help keep us in ears around the world at thiswayout.org, where you can also read the text of this
2: newscast and much more. And you can read the transcript and listen to News Wrap each week by subscribing to our This Way Out radio channel on YouTube. For This Way Out, I'm Sarah Montague. Stay healthy.
3: And I'm Winslow Jones. Stay safe.
4: This Way Out is supported in part by contributions from our listeners. Some give a little each month. Some make a larger annual contribution. More information and a link to give online at thiswayout.org.
1: emotional interview for me I just met Steven it's like meeting him in person right here it's uh, I want to put my arm around you
0: (laughs) oh well
3: my arms (laughs) around
1: you I want to put my arm around you
0: and I want to put my arms around you Tammy fan
1: is it real or is it a newly released major motion picture The Eyes of Tammy Faye paints an insightful portrait of Tammy Faye and her husband Jim Baker, the infamous televangelists whose outlandish antics made them headliners in the 1970s and 80s. Jim's fiscal malfeasance ultimately brought them down, but Tammy Faye became known for bucking the evangelical culture of her times. She did that in a groundbreaking interview with Steve Peters, a gay Christian minister with AIDS. This layouts, Lucia Chappelle and Steve are longtime friends, and they got together to relive the event that's now a significant plot point in the movie. Steve,
4: tell us a little bit about what led up to your being eye-to-eye with the eyes of Tammy Faye.
0: (laughs) Well... I got very sick in 1982 with what AIDS was then called GRID. So I got very sick over the next year. All at one time, I had hepatitis, CMV, pneumonia, and mononucleosis, herpes, shingles, strep throat, a variety of fungal infections. And what came was a diagnosis of stage 4 lymphoma and Kaposi's sarcoma. And that gave me finally my full diagnosis of AIDS. The definition of AIDS changed so much back in those days, they hadn't even discovered the virus yet. And that was why there was so much fear. I mean, I remember it took me three months to find a deacon from MCC in the valley, who would even bring me communion because there was so much fear about coming into my house. But you were there every day. (laughs) day after day we watched a lot of movies on the z channel oh
4: god a million movies and mash every night before going to bed (laughs) but now during that time though you weren't just being sick you also had begun writing oh i did and writing about the experience
0: yes i was i was the first member of the clergy in mcc to be diagnosed with aids paula shane weather was the editor, publisher of Journey Magazine, MCC's denominational magazine. And she invited me right after I was diagnosed to start writing about my experiences, to share what it was like to be a person with AIDS in 1984. And I published nine articles in Journey Magazine over the next year or so about what it was like to have AIDS
4: and from a Christian perspective.
0: Yeah, oh yes. My faith became so important to me in dealing with my diagnosis. When I was diagnosed as terminal in April of 84, Reverend Ken Martin, who at the time was the pastor of MCC in the Valley, invited me to preach the Easter sermon two weeks after I was diagnosed. And I remember telling him, you mean Good Friday, don't you? I'm dying. And he said, no, you need to preach Easter and it was an incredibly valuable gift to you know meditate on and look at what it meant to believe in the resurrection of jesus christ as a person who was facing death from this horribly stigmatized disease and what it meant to me was that if god is greater than the death of jesus on the cross then god is greater than aids And if God is greater than AIDS, then that means that in spite of them telling me the worst thing they could possibly tell me, I could still dance. And I did a little shuffle off the buffalo right in front of the pulpit to prove it. And and in my Easter sermon, and they loved it, you know. Uh, and, uh, And so I decided that my faith enabled me to be fully alive, even with AIDS. So you started writing. And
4: you started speaking and making a name for yourself.
0: And I did a lot of interviews. I became a client of AIDS Project Los Angeles. And they put me in front of the TV cameras fairly quickly because they knew that I had a lot of experience talking to the media about being gay in uh, Hartford, Connecticut, when I was the pastor of the MCC in Hartford so that was my training ground and i ended up doing a lot of interviews for apla and most of those interviews in the early days were done in the alley beside aids project los angeles i they put me on a chair in the alley and they they filmed or they you know had a camera on me and an earpiece and a mic so that I could be heard and, and hear what's going on back in the studio where all the other panelists who didn't have AIDS were, you know, all the doctors and the host and all of that. And I did that kind of interview frequently. And, and I, got, I, I, I got a kick after a while of, uh, you know, at the end of the interview, taking the earpiece off and taking off the mic and handing it back to the sound person who would inevitably go, no, 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 no. You 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 keep it. You you throw it away or do whatever you want with it. But you keep it, yeah. And and so. Well, know, they like, wouldn't even let you in in studios. No, they wouldn't. They wouldn't let me in the studio, um, because the camera crew would not work if I came in the studio. There was still that much fear about, uh, you know, I can maybe get it from being in the same room with a person with AIDS, Mm -hmm. which of course is ridiculous. We know that now. We know that now. Back then, it Mm -hmm. it took a lot of education to persuade other people otherwise, yeah.
4: And then one day, after you had become somewhat known around as a, a Christian minister who could speak about AIDS, you got a
0: call. I did indeed, but wait, i have to talk about the context of that call
4: yes yes
0: i was was doing a drug called suramin it was the very first antiviral drug they tried against hiv and uh i was patient number one on the drug and within six weeks my ks went away and my stage four lymphoma both cancers went into complete remission ks is karposis sarcoma karposis sarcoma it was one of the five defining diseases of AIDS. So anyway, so my, my cancers went into remission and they put 89 other people on the drug around the country in the tri- for the trial. And it proved to be disastrous. A number of people were actually killed by the drug and it very nearly killed me. They finally figured out that my adrenal glands had failed and they called me into the hospital one evening and said, you've gotta come in now or you're gonna be dead by morning. And so I went in and indeed, I had my first near-death experience that night. So that was the context in which I got a phone call like the next week after I had begun recovering from that. Tammy Faye Baker's producers are looking for somebody, a gay man with AIDS, a gay Christian with AIDS to be interviewed by her on PTL. And I said, well, sure, why not?
1: More with Steve Peters and Lucia Chappelle after this. Good news, good news, ain't that good news? Are you signed up for our new e-newsletter, Inside This Way Out?
4: We send them out every few weeks, briefly reviewing recent and previewing upcoming programming and deepening the conversation about your favorite international
3: LGBTQ radio show. All you have to do to receive Inside This Way Out messages is email us at info at thiswayout.org. And be assured
4: that we don't share or sell your email address or anything about you to anyone else, and we never
1: will. Again, to receive the occasional Inside This Way Out and let us know you're listening, email us at info at thiswayout.org. And now more with Lucia Chapelle and Steve Peters about his historic interview with Tammy Faye Baker that's depicted in the new movie, The Eyes of Tammy Faye.
4: When you got the call, and I came by that evening, and you said, guess what?
0: <laughs> oh, you tell it. This is great. Yeah.
4: <laughs> I'm going to be interviewed by Tammy Faye Baker. And the two, we looked at each other and we fell on the floor laughing.
0: We did indeed.
4: We yeah. laughed so hard. I don't know how many minutes we just sat there laughing, tears rolling down our cheeks. We right. laughed so hard. And yeah. why was it funny?
0: It was funny because, because, you know, we had watched her on PTL. She and We had t- watched her and Jim Baker on their on their network PTL. And when we weren't laughing out loud at their antics, uh, we were slackjawed at their theology. And we watched in disbelief at the way people responded to them and sent them blank checks practically. But Tammy particularly was an object of ridicule in the LGBT community, at least among a lot of the people I knew. She was a caricature. She was a cartoon character. So that's why we laughed uproariously. And it
4: was so incongruous, uh, just trying to imagine projecting yourself into that environment. Yes. That evangelical circus kind of environment.
0: First of all, I wanted them to do it live. That was a prerequisite and Mm -hmm. they agreed to that right away. Then they sent me two first-class plane tickets to fly to Charlotte, North Carolina, because I was still recovering from that near-death experience. And at the last minute, literally, as we were walking out the door, the phone rang and it was Tammy's producer saying, Tammy's sick and so she's canceling the interview. Please send back the tickets. And then the next day, I got another phone call from the producer saying, Tammy's feeling a lot better and she wants to do the interview, but uh, we're going to do it because we're worried about you traveling in your condition. We're going to do it at a studio in uh, Southern California, and uh, we're going to do the first ever satellite hookup that PTL has ever done. And we're very excited about that.
1: I just want to tell you something.
0: What's that, Tammy?
1: If there would have been any way, you know, I know you were sick, and that's the only reason we didn't have you come and sit in the studio next to us today because you have your chemotherapy treatments and you needed to get home quickly so you wouldn't miss them. But I want to tell you, there's a lot of Christians here who would love
3: you and who wouldn't be afraid to put their arm around you and tell you that we love you and that we care.
0: Thank you, Tammy. God bless you for saying that. You know, that could have been true, but what i learned later was that they were afraid that i would not be well treated by the staff at heritage hotel and,
3: and in the studio
0: and and uh that maybe the camera crew wouldn't work there either so that's why i wasn't flown to charlotte north carolina and uh i went into this studio and sat down in this dark studio with lights on me of course but no monitor i couldn't see tammy she could see me but i couldn't see her i just had this earpiece which mm-hmm. kept falling out as you know anybody watches as the they do
1: the earphone keeps wanting to pop out i'm lucky cuz i'm a girl and i can take em
2: and, and kind of hook mine around my earring you know <laughs>
0: i didn't have any my earrings to uh, hook them on you know <laughs> i i was hooked up to Tammy to make sure that we had the right mm-hmm. connection and uh, she said Hi, Steve. I'm so grateful that you are so courageous to come on this show with me. And I know that it can't be easy, you know, and I just, I'm, I'm thrilled that you're willing to talk with me about it. And so we, we just kind of chatted for three minutes and I knew that it was going to be okay after we talked before the interview. Because
4: there was also always the possibility that she was going to get you in there and, and condemn you to hell.
0: Exactly. Exactly. Although,
4: I mean, she was so much more a, a flowery, butterfly-like Christian, right. but, still, but still, one didn't know if, if she might kindly and sweetly and warmly invite you to go to hell,
0: right? <laughs> you know? And, and, but And she got in a lot of trouble for being so positive and affirming of me. She was forced, I am told, to interview a Christian psychiatrist who converts gays to heterosexuality by converting them to Jesus. And they made her do that interview the next week on her show to make up for the heresy that she had done with uh, interviewing me. And wow. A,
4: uh, and she agreed to do that. I mean, yeah. well, well, and I'm sure the pressures were tremendous.
0: My interview with her turned out to be, I've been told over and over again through the years, that it was the turning point. It was the straw that broke the camel's back for Jerry Falwell. And that's how it's portrayed in the movie, that Jerry Falwell is actually backstage listening to Tammy interview me, and he loses it. This has got to stop. She's got to be stopped. So Falwell started really seriously plotting to bring down Jim and Tammy because of my interview. You You know, it was not the only factor, but it was a historic moment in terms of PPL, and the conservative Christian televangelistic movement.
1: But, Ray, there's more.
2: Have you ever had a sexual experience with a woman? Do you think maybe you just haven't given women a fair, fair try?
0: <laughs> a number of people who are in the know would say that she was trying to work out issues in her own marriage. Because later, of course, we learned that Jim was rumored to have same-sex liaisons. And indeed, in the movie, you get that hint pretty strongly.
1: More queer hints about the new movie, The Eyes of Tammy Faye, with Steve Peters and Richard Chappelle next time on This Way Out. Thanks for choosing This Way Out, brought to you by the nonprofit Overnight Productions. Some program material this week came from Sarah Montague and Wenzel Jones, produced by Brian DeShazer, and from Risha Chappelle. Thanks also to Tanya Kane Perry. The Guess Who and Sam Cook performed some of the music you heard, and Kim Wilson composed and performed by theme Music. This Way Out thanks the Kicking Assets funded the Tides Foundation, the Yavanna Foundation, a bequest from Christopher David Trentum, and donors John Beaupre and Richard Merck and Brad Payton of Silicon Valley. Listener donors make this program possible. Look for This Way Out Radio on social media, email tworadio at aol.com, or write to us at P.O. Box 1065, Los Angeles, California, 90078, USA. For Associate Producer Lucia Chappell and everyone at This Way Out, I'm Greg Gordon. Thanks for listening online at thiswayout.org and on radio-wiz.com, Manila, the Philippines, KRZA, Alamosa, Colorado, WMPG, Portland, Maine, and a wide array of community terrestrial and internet radio stations around the world, including this one. Stay healthy, stay safe, and stay tuned.